Welcome to It All Starts With You podcast, where young, health-centered people come to get fired up to learn the tips, tricks, and health hacks of what it takes to level up your performance. I'm your host, Michael Sack, and each week I'll be bringing you the most incredible people to share their story and knowledge in order to help you take your health to the next level. Asha Adelman, welcome to It All Starts With You. Thank you. Good to be here. Very excited. Very, very excited for this. Um, Since Joe Rogan opened up his mouth about the whole carnivore thing, there's this whole buzzing thing around around carnivore diet and like i've brought on a few other people that that swear by it that are doing it but then when i came by your profile i saw this guy's getting the results seems to know what he's talking about so i was like okay we gotta get him on love to hear his story so how so tell us a little bit about yourself yeah, so I'm a 49 year old, 49 years old, live in Las Vegas. Um, became interested in nutrition. Well, actually, I've I've always had an interest in in fitness and nutrition, and um, uh, since high school, I think. So I was on the wrestling team in high school. I've been lifting weights ever since I was about 14. And um, when when wrestling, so you have to their weight classes. You have to cut weight to uh, to meet uh, to make your weight. Um, so, you know, and back then I was interested in, in lifting weights and, and, uh, eating right. And, you know, back then, back in the day, it was, you know, lo- loading up on carbohydrates if you wanted to get strong and build muscle and so forth. So, so I've had an interest in, in nutrition ever since. Uh, but then during my twenties and thirties, I kind of, you know, lost interest in, in nutrition. And it wasn't until probably my mid to late thirties, when I started developing a number of health issues, uh, physical, both physical and mental, which kind of uh, rekindled my interest in uh, in nutrition, and um, so yeah, I've been um, playing around or making with my nutrition or making dietary changes for about uh, ten years now. <clears throat> started off paleo, um, then transitioned to keto uh, about five or six years ago. And then for the past four years, I've been doing strict carnivore, uh, ketogenic carnivore. Uh, <clears throat> so, and, and yeah, the more, um, you know, the more kind of I experimented and, and, and uh, um, you know, got into to nutrition, uh, the better I felt and the more my health improved, which was, um, you know, a very pleasant surprise. I wasn't sure when I started um, looking to nutrition, if this was going to really going to, um, make a significant impact or have a significant benefit on my health issues, but it's, it's really surpassed my expectations and, and I feel and function, um, much better than, than I had expected I would. So, so it's, it's been a really interesting journey. You, you said mental issues. What, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? How has the nutrition helped you with your, with, with your mental issues, whatever that may look like? Yeah. So uh, for me, what that looked like is, and that's really, that's really the main concern or the main problem that got me interested in, in nutrition. That was the most pressing issue that was bothering me uh, because it was impacting my, my ability to function on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, 
uh, I had always had ever since I was a kid uh, some some extent or level of anxiety and depression, um, but it didn't impact my functioning too much. You know, I was able to obviously go to school and go to college and work. Um, and then when I was in my mid thirties, the anxiety progressively got worse and worse. Um, I started having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and those also started off every once in a while. Um, but then became slowly, uh, became more and more frequent and more and more, um, severe to where when it, you know, it was at its worst, I was having them like almost on a daily basis. I would have panic attacks while at work, meeting with clients, talking with coworkers and so forth. And it was really a, a difficult situation. Um, I had been in therapy for about four years and ther my therapist was great. I really liked him. I liked going to the therapy but it didn't help relieve my or improve my symptoms or stop the anxiety attacks. Hmm. Uh, he had wanted me to, uh, to take anti-anxiety medications, uh, which I refused. Um, I was you know, freaked out about taking pharmaceuticals, having chemicals uh, in my body, impacting my brain. Um, so I didn't want to do that. And that's kind of what got me thinking. And so I ended up having to quit my job at the time, which was a, you know, unfortunately a job I really loved. And uh, so it was, you know, not, it was, it was a big bummer to have to uh, quit work. Um, oh, but know. I just, yeah, I just couldn't function um, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's when I was, you know, started poking around online to see if there, you know, if there was anything else out there that, that might possibly help relieve uh, the anxiety or, or, the, or the panic attacks. And that's where I stumbled upon a few articles and I think a book on um, that touched on nutrition, where nutrition uh, has an impact on the brain's ability to function. And ironically, interestingly, so I ended up and uh, I've been running a mental health clinic here in Las Vegas for the past, uh, gosh, um, seven, seven or eight years. And, um, and so I also, you know, deep in my, um, my, my experience and my learning about, um, nutrition became certified as a nutrition, nutritional therapy practitioner. And so nutritional therapy is one of the services that we offer at our mental health clinic. And most people, you know, like yourself ask or wonder what does nutrition have to do with mental health? But, uh, for most people it has, it plays a huge part. It's a main driver, if not the root cause of mental health and brain-related issues like depression, anxiety, ADHD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, yeah, what happens is um, because of poor diet and or uh, digestive issues, um, gut dysbiosis, intestinal permeability, the brain ends up becoming malnourished. Uh, we're not fueling, nourishing the brain properly. It's not getting vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, uh, that it needs to to support optimal functioning, um, and and it also uh, ends up because of intestinal permeability becoming inflamed, um, and so a malnourished, inflamed brain has a very difficult time in a lot of a lot of cases functioning optimally, and that's really what gives rise to or and or exacerbates mental health conditions. Yeah, right. That was really that's a really fascinating. Um, Okay, so in in your words, so what are what do you think the hype is over of a carnival, over the carnival diet? I, I think a big, uh, I think there are two reasons why there's a lot of hype over the carnivore diet. 
I think, first of all, because it just sounds so outrageous. It sounds so ridiculous and crazy. Like how, how can anyone eat only meat, don't eat any fruit, no vegetables, no grains, no, nothing. And first of all, not go completely crazy um, with that restrictive of a diet. Um, but so, so there's that aspect to it. It's just, that it's just so very di different than how we're used to eating or what, what seems like normal, uh, a normal way of eating. Um, so that's part of the hype, I think, but the other, the, the flip side of the coin is that it were people who are on it rave about it. And it works so very well at optimizing human health, physical health, uh, mental health. Um, athletic performance, body composition, energy levels, stress levels, it just really optimizes everything. And most of the people who, who are doing it can attest to this. And they have uh, this, the, a similar experience, myself included. And so I think that's the thing, like a diet that's so crazy, that seems, that seems like it would be deficient in, in so many different things, nutrients, antioxidants, uh, polyphenols, blah, blah, blah. And so how could this be promoting optimal health and functioning and enabling people to heal from uh, chronic serious health conditions, both mental and physical. So I think it's, you know, a combination of those two things that, that, that pique a lot of people's interest in it. And, you know, certainly for me also, when I was first, I was on a keto ketogenic diet and which included uh, vegetables, uh, olive oil, things like that, nuts. Um, and, and I kept hearing about people who were on a ketogenic diet like me, and they had tried carnivore, uh, which is also a type of ketogenic, or it, you know, most of the time it's it's a a type of ketogenic diet. And about how much, even though they felt really well when they were keto, that they felt so much better after going carnivore. So that that really piqued my my curiosity. And and then eventually after I keep kept hearing about and reading about accounts of people who, who have been who have done this or who had done this. Uh, I just said, okay, well, I'm going to try it for a month and see, see how it goes. And, um, and I remember I gave myself, I think it was like mid month. And so I said, okay, the first of the ne of next month, I'm going to start it. And I remember those couple of weeks I was, you know, it, it just seemed very daunting. Like, how am I going to do this? Um, I, you yeah. know, I kind of freaked myself out. Like, I, this is crazy. Like no vegetables, no, no, like, but I just told myself, okay, well, you know, if I do it a week later, two weeks later, if I don't like it, if it feels too just confining, stop. then just go back to eat, eating what I was eating before. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people are just scared of trying something, uh, scared of trying something different. There, there's definitely a fear of doing something that's different, but, but this is this, so this is very different and very extreme and very restrictive. So it just seems very I think it's it's I think it's it seems very intimidating for people who who haven't done it. And it was intimidating for me also. Like I wasn't sure that I'd be able to 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 last a whole month trying carnivore, eating meat only. Um so so yeah, it's just it just seems uh very different and not natural, even though after having studied and 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 learned and educated educated myself extensively on this topic, that this is actually the optimal way for humans to, uh, to, to nourish themselves is, you know, we're hyper carnivores. We don't need to eat plants. We can, we can survive on plants. We can, we can eat plants, but we don't need to. And, um, we not only can we get by and survive eating only meat, but, 
um, we will thrive and, and function and feel optimally eating this way because this is actually the optimal way of eating for, for human beings. You mentioned a pre, you mentioned a earlier the book that really got you got you interested. What was that? What was that book? Uh, it was uh, Wheat Belly. Not sure. Wheat Belly. Wheat Belly. Yeah. Wheat Belly. It's, okay. It, yeah, it's about um, uh, the toxins that are in wheat, uh, in in gluten that cause, as as many people know, there are a lot of problems with gluten. Um, not only for people with celiac, but in general, it 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 damages digestive functioning. Uh, again, the things that I mentioned um, exacerbates and or causes uh, gut dysbiosis and intestinal permeability, um, and really causes a lot of issue for many people, whether whether they um, realize it or not, whether they feel like whether they can they have a noticeable issue or symptom, but. Um, but yeah, so it was that book that talked about how uh, gluten and sugars can be problematic and can exacerbate uh, anxiety for for different people. And so that's you know that little nugget that I read uh, uh, that I got out of that book. Um, I said, okay, well, I'm going to try it. I was you know in a really bad place at the time, uh, very desperate, willing to try anything if there is you know even a small bit of hope that 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 might be beneficial for me and and. Um, fortunately it was, you know, it was right on spot and enabled me to, to completely get rid of my anxiety. And, you know, it's been 10 years, uh, about 10 years since I haven't felt any anxiety in those 10 years, no depression, haven't had a panic attack. And for somebody that's experienced these issues for, you know, since childhood, this is like very significant when you're in your, when you're in your late thirties and you feel for the first time, what it feels like not to feel depressed, to feel actually, to actually feel happy. Um, just on a day-to-day basis when, you know, when you're sober, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, and especially the whole thing of mental health is a massive thing, but I heard something, I don't remember where exactly a bit. Yes. Mental health is a real, is a real thing, but the topic of the subject that it isn't being talked about is brain health. And I think that has to be something that more people are talking about. What can we be doing to improve our brain health instead of hyper-focusing on, on um, like anxiety, depression, or all of those other, all those other symptoms, as you said, um, how does how does this uh, how does the carnivore diet improve brain health? Yeah, so it improves brain health by uh, a few different ways, uh, reducing inflammation of the brain, um, increasing um, the extent that our brain is is being nourished. And you know there's some similarities to to physical health. So if you want to improve your physical health, your you know your 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 fitness levels, um, you know, you don't want to be eating inflammatory foods, garbage foods. You want to be eating clean, healthy foods that are helping nourish and fuel your muscles. Uh, and you want to be exercising as well. Um, so the same thing, you want to be obviously using your brain, um, you know, both both mentally um, as and, and physical fitness and exercise also helps uh, increase and improve uh, brain functioning. But, you know, the biggest thing I think is, is how we're fueling, fueling and nourishing our brain. 
and not inflaming the brain, that that's, I think you're kind of 80% of the way there, which again is similar to, to physical fitness. And, um, you know, a lot of people, and I see a lot of people at the gym who work their butts off and they're in the gym all the time. Whenever I'm in there, they're in there and they're, you know, working like crazy and, but they're not in very good shape. Their, their fitness levels aren't really improving. Um, and, and again, 80% of the battle is diet, uh, nourishment, how we're fueling our bodies and our brains. 20% is, you know, either in gym or if it's a, you know, brain functioning, it's keeping, you know, keeping ourselves active intellectually, um, also exercising, um, getting enough sleep, same thing for mental and physical health. We want to make sure we're sleeping enough, um, trying not to be too stressed out, um, finding ways to, you know, to reduce stress in our lives. I know it's difficult for, for a lot of people if, you know, if work is causing the stress or other situations where they can't, uh, you know, that they can't change, that makes it challenging, but, um, but certainly improving other aspects of lifestyle can help reduce um, stress levels or can, and, and can also help make us more resilient to stress to where stress isn't impacting us as much. Uh, and that's something I've experienced personally as well. I used to be a very high stress person my whole life, ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Little things would, little things would set me off and get my blood boiling. I mean, it could, could be just like running, you know, hitting three red lights in a row on my way to work. Um, that would get me, you know, really angry for, and, and it would take me a few hours to calm myself down. Sure. catch my bearings. And now mostly just by fueling my brain optimally, not infl- making, making sure my inflammation level levels are super low through diet, um, is that I, I am very calm and relaxed and I don't get set off by little things anymore. My emotions are just very stable. My anger is very stable. My stress levels are very low, even during stressful situations. I don't have that physiological stress response that I had for the first um, four decades of my life. Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at meat, uh, there are two main proteins that are in that are in a protein, actin and actin and myosin. The myosin, I. I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole this. So I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's let's uh, let's uh, let's see how uh, let's see how this goes. Um, so, actinomyosin is a molecular motor converts to ATP and generating generating a force. And you you mentioned um, the performance. Um, what was it? A performance, um, include uh, like improving athletic, athletic performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So, the main the main thing of of um of of anyone that is doing a long distance or, or a cardio based workout, like jujitsu or endurance or anything like that how are you how are you combating this or like how are you working this diet into guys that are into these kind of endurance based um uh, workouts exercises as you will yeah so and that's that's the beauty of of this way of eating when you're eating optimally you don't have to overthink things or um, you just, and it, it's kind of like, 
you know, any animal on the planet, you eat the food that's optimal for you. You eat the food that provides you with 100% of your nutrient needs and everything is good. And um, so, so I tend to, um, you know, to, to try and tell people, okay, don't, you know, try not to get too, you know, set on the details, too involved in the details, too worried about the details. Just make sure you're eating the right foods, uh, eating, eating the optimal foods that are providing your body with everything that it needs and um, do it, do it intuitively. Also eat when you're hungry, eat until you're full. Uh, I, you know, I don't tell people eat two times a day or three or four times a day for each person is going to be different. Uh, when you're eating only nutrient rich foods that are fueling and nourishing your body, you can trust your uh, hunger and satiety uh, cues and, and you can listen and your body will tell you when it needs additional fuel. So, and I've found that, you know, and a lot of people will say, yeah, we need carbohydrates in order to have energy for workouts or for exercise or for sports or for building muscle. And, um, and, and I believe that for, you know, years and years and years, because that's what everybody said. And that's when you opened up a, you know, fitness magazine or read a fitness book, that's what it was, you know, what it was saying. But I found through my personal experience that that's not the case that, um, you know, my diet, which consists almost exclusively of fatty red meat, um, so beef and a little bit of lamb, um, eating that and not eating any carbohydrates uh, has enabled me to really improve my, um, my athletic performance, my strength, my body composition more than I ever expected it to improve. You know, I had a pretty like average, you know, I was never overweight or certainly not obese, um, but you know, I had, I was like just your average person, you know, tended to be on the skinny side, um, you know, no, um, very unimpressive physique. Um, and even though I worked out, you couldn't tell that I worked out. Like if somebody had seen me at the pool or at the beach, nobody would be able to tell that I, that I worked out. And just by changing my diet again, you know, I've, I've worked out pretty consistently, lift weights pretty consistently since I was a teenager just changing my diet made a huge, huge impact. And, um, and yeah, so, so we don't need to be worried too much or to overthink things or to think, am I going to get enough this or that or the other? Yeah. If you eat a suboptimal diet, then you probably do have to, it does complicate things. Then you have to think about, okay, am I getting enough, you know, protein, getting enough fat, getting enough carbohydrates, getting enough vitamins and, and, and minerals. But when you're eating optimally, you don't have to think about any of that. You don't have to measure. You don't have to think about how many calories or, 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 or macros you're getting. And I don't measure anything. I eat intuitively. And I, I trust that everything physiologically is, is happening in an optimal manner, which, which it seems to be. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's the nice thing is that, and I think we humans have tended to overcomplicate things like we, in our, in our desire to understand how everything works, how the human physiology works and our biology works and to understand how nutrition works. I mean, all that stuff is great and interesting, but in a way it's kind of confused us by seemingly complicating what nutrition is and nutrition basically is eating the food that's optimal for your species and your health will optimize, your functioning will optimize, everything will optimize. Um, so, so that's typically what I tell clients, what I tell people, you know, when, when asking, you know, getting into the nitty gritty, going down different rabbit holes, like we don't really need to, you know, you don't really need to be worried about that. Just eat right and everything will take care of itself. 
Yeah. Um, we definitely go out of our way to complicate, <laughs> complicate absolutely every, absolutely everything. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure if you had this experience, but I've found a lot of people that when they go on to like a ketogenic diet or, um, or carnival, as you will, they experienced brain fog. I did, I did, I definitely did as well. Um, so what was, what was your experience like that at the start of your, of your journey going down into uh, carnival rubber? Yeah. So there's definitely an adaptation period that most people go through, um, when starting a ketogenic diet and also when starting a carnivore diet. So even though I had been on a ketogenic diet, um, and then transitioned to carnivore. So I went through that adaptation phase both times. Um, and, and yeah, what typically happens is you'll, um, you'll experience some GI issues. You might experience, like you said, some, some brain fog, um, some fatigue, tiredness, uh, weakness, um, uh, you know, some other, you might feel fluey, like you're coming down with a cold or a flu. Um, that's pretty common. It doesn't happen to everyone, but it happens to a lot of people it happened to myself and, and I knew to expect it. So, you know, it's certainly something that I tell my clients that, you know, just be aware you could experience these things for the first week or so, uh, possibly two weeks. Um, and, and yeah, for, for me, even though I knew to expect it when it was happening, I remember being in the gym during those first two weeks of carnivore and being, you know, significantly weaker than I was two weeks prior, which was pretty frustrating. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I just told myself, okay, well, let me just power through it. I just got to get through this adjustment period. And then I think it was by about the third week when I really noticed, I, I really started feeling a lot stronger, a lot higher energy levels and things just kept getting better and better after that. What about, um, what about explosive diarrhea? Because <laughs> you have no fiber in your in your body. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people experience, uh, myself included. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and it's it, yeah, it, it is an adjustment for your digestive system to uh, get used to um, processing and digesting high amounts of fat. Even though the human digestive system is designed to process uh, a high amount of fat. Because most of us, when we start on a ketogenic diet, we we you know we've been on a low fat diet for our whole lives, so our our GI system is kind of out of shape, kind of in bad shape. It's like somebody who's out of shape who uh, who wants to get in better shape, so they join a gym, they start working out, so they they could do a light you know hour one hour workout and be super sore afterwards, and then the next the next morning feel like they can't even get out of bed, their muscles are so sore. And they'll be, they're going to be sore for several weeks, if not a month or two. Um, but if you take somebody who has been working out for quite some time and have them do the same one hour workout, it's not going to do anything to them. Their, their, their body is going to be able to handle that workout perfectly fine uh, with no adverse um, symptoms. So it's kind of the same thing with uh, when we transition from a low fat diet to a ketogenic diet, our digestive systems are out of shape, not functioning well. So when we start, um, uh, consuming larger amounts of fat, which is good and optimal for us. It takes some time for our digestive system to get into shape and to start functioning properly. 
Yeah. So it, it, it is an issue. It's unfortunately it is an issue, but, um, but it's well worth the, uh, you know, the, that transition period of having, you know, having diarrhea and, um, you know, once things settle and, and stabilize digestion is much better as, as is everything else, um, significantly. And that's why people like me are still on a carnivore diet years into, into doing it. Like if this wasn't, you know, I'm not completely insane and there's nobody forcing me to eat like this. Nobody's forcing me to eat only meat and nothing else. Um, I'm continue to do it because I feel so amazing and continue to feel so amazing. And, and because to be honest, my, um, meat, fatty red meat is what I want to eat every time I'm hungry. So it's not like I'm trying to, you know, it's not like I have a, a really good willpower and I'm saying, okay, my next meal, I'm going to eat, you know, beef, even though I want to eat like pasta or vegetables or whatever, like, no, the other stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. Even though I used to love all that other stuff, what appeals to me and what I crave every time I, I, I'm hungry is the same thing, which is fatty beef or lamb. And, and I think the reason for that is, is because my body recognizes that that is optimally fueling and nourishing it. So that's what my body craves every time, every time I eat. And the same thing holds true for, for animals. Like no animal gets sick of eating its optimal diet. The one thing that it eats its whole life. Like we're the only, humans are the only animal that feel like we need variety. We need to eat different things. Like how can we eat the same thing? But, you know, a koala bear eats eucalyptus leaves its whole lives, never complains about eating eucalyptus leaves and I want to eat something else. Like, no, it eats, it eats eucalyptus leaves, leaves and it's happy and everything's good. Carnivores eat, you know, wolves eat, eat uh, deer uh, their whole lives. They never get sick of it. They never complain and want anything else. So it's just, you know, it's something that, that I think is proof that, that we're eating food. I don't even, I wouldn't even call a lot of it food, but food quote unquote, that uh, is very suboptimal uh, to us. And, and that's why our body craves something different every time our body is telling us, Hey, eat something different i.e. eat something that's nourishing and nutrient rich, but most people don't do that. Most people continue to eat a variety of nutrient poor meals and foods. So their, their body is constantly signaling to them to eat something different. Um, but we are not really listening to our body. And so we continue to eat, you know, crap diet. And, but when you're eating an optimal diet and the way, the way, you know, you're eating an optimal diet is that your body will crave that same food over and over and over and over and over again, and you will never get sick of it, which sounds crazy. If somebody had told me this four or five years ago, I would have thought they're completely out of their mind, but it's, you know, that's the reality. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and, and like I said, a lot of these things are very interesting um, to, to certainly to hear, I'm sure, but to experience, to experience things that seem so illogical. Um, but then after, when you think about them and then they, they, then they make complete sense. Um, you, you touched base on koalas eating eucalyptus trees. Funnily enough, it, they're not meant to be eating eucalyptus. It's poor nutrients. Right. <laughs> Funnily yeah. enough. Yeah. It's the end. They, they just eat more and more and more of it. 
because that's just what that's just what they do but in reality it actually <laughs> it actually works against works against them but that's like that's just a caveat <laughs> so that was, that was a bad example that i used then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. No, but just, whatever whatever their net whatever their optimal what diet mean. is that's what they're going to be eating <laughs> and, and if you look like any animal they eat their optimal you know they eat their one or two foods which are their species appropriate optimal diet and they only eat those foods those one or two foods provide that animal with a hundred percent of their nutrient needs and they don't crave or desire anything else yeah um let's go into good fats and bad fats um so you have someone that's interested in starting this carnivore diet experience it for a month to however long or whatever their goals are what are you what are you telling them about good and bad fats so good and bad fats um in general good foods are real uh unprocessed nutrient-rich foods and that includes fats so the 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 best fats for us um, are the, the real unprocessed fats that humans have been eating for millions of years. And those are animal fats. So beef fat, lamb fat, you know, pork fat, chicken fat, duck fat, whatever the animal is, the fat is, is that's going to be the best fat source, uh, for us. The best of the animal fats are, um, ruminant animals. So, beef, lamb, bison, et cetera. Uh, those are the, you know, that that's really, red meat is really the superfood for humans, in my opinion, because we can eat um, red meat and red meat only, uh, meat meaning the protein and the fat, and, and thr thrive and be of optimal health from eating just that one food. Um, so, so yeah, the fats of, the, of, of ruminant animals are uh, optimal for us and, um, out of all the other, but all the other animal fats are good as well. Uh, butter and ghee are, are very good if you're not sensitive to dairy. Just um, ask. Yeah. yeah. And then in terms of plant oils, so the three main ones that are, you know, that are pretty decent would be uh, olive oil, um, coconut oil, and avocado oil. And those are basically, um, you know, oils from fatty fruits and the, the fruit is, is pressed and the oil you know, comes out. And so it's not really refined and processed and so forth. So those are okay also if, if, you, eat, uh, if you eat plants. Um, what we wanna stay away from with regards to fats are the processed fats or the processed oils. Um, and those include the, um, you know, the Crisco, the hard uh, fats, the, um, uh, as well as the, you know, the trans fats, as well as the quote unquote vegetable oils, which, which are actually, refined seed oils and those are highly refined highly processed and highly inflammatory uh horrible for us um and those would include things like canola oil soybean oil cottonseed oil corn oil um all of those oils corn are oil. yeah yeah I've never those heard all, that one before okay yeah that's they, they, yeah, it's pretty popular out here in the states so uh, there, there's a lot of corn out here and yeah so there's yeah. a lot of corn oil as well Oh Jesus! I I just realized um I was having I was having a granola and I looked into it and it had sunflower 
one of the uh, one of the highly processed and i was like uh, okay i'm coming off a meniscus um injury it happened it happened about six seven months ago or something like that so i was like oh, okay i need to reduce infl- i need to reduce inflammation and i found that it was only a couple of weeks ago that i uh, that i started cutting back from it and i'm finding that the inflammation is going down slowly slowly but surely um Obviously, it's one step in the right direction a bit. I was like, Jesus, it's in fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem is, is those uh, industrial seed oils are very cheap to produce. Um, so, yeah, they food co- processed food companies put them in everything. Restaurants, um, anything that's fried in a restaurant, 99% of the time is fried in in those seed oils and yeah they're very inflammatory people don't realize how much so um but it really takes um for you to personally experience it by by yeah by uh, eliminating it from your diet and seeing how how much your inflammation levels improve and you know joint pain was one of the things that i had suffered for uh, from for for decades and um uh that and chronic back pain was one of them. I had, you know, a problematic shoulder and elbow and, and, you know, I would say all throughout my twenties and thirties, I didn't do any squats or deadlifts in the gym just because my back, you know, was so fragile, uh, my lower back, like it would, you know, I would get flare ups, um, with very, you know, very serious, um, lower back pain. And yeah, it wasn't until I went carnivore that I, you know, these things went, went away. And my joints feel great now. I'm not, they're not achy anymore. They don't, and this is when this started happening when I was in my 30s. I'm 49 now. And my joints feel you look way great, better. By the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. So I, I yeah, so my joints feel in much better shape now than they did um, you know, 20 years ago. So, and I'm doing heavy squats, heavy deadlifts now, and my back's fine. My my joints are fine. So yeah, I I for anyone with joint pain or, or lower back pain or things of that nature, or, or also recovering from injuries, uh, from s- surgeries and so forth. Um, yeah, highly recommend you want to eat a lot of, a lot of meat, a lot of protein, and, uh, you want to stay away from those, those seed oils. I saw, I saw on, uh, one of your posts, if you are on, TRT oh and I'm I'm so curious I'm so curious what are your hormone levels at at at, at this stage we all know that after a certain period of after a certain age your hormones start naturally start naturally going down do you test like do you do you get yours tested where are they at now what's your sex drive like now at, at 49 years old i'm i'm curious man yeah so um and that's the interesting thing you know i, I would say a lot uh, a lot of my friends my age um are on trt they're taking taking testosterone and um and again that's really not necessary or needed if you're eating optimally then your endocrine functioning stays optimal and we don't have to have that uh, decline in hormonal functioning 
um, that a lot of people experience in Western society. It's, you know, it's something that's completely preventable. Um, but, but yeah, a lot of people either don't know, don't equate it to how we're eating uh, and just think, oh, like, okay, yeah, I'm in my late 40s or I'm 50 or in my 50s. So, you know, my testosterone dropping is, is normal. And, um, and so I need to take, you know, exogenous uh, testosterone, but um, it's not normal. It's, it's very common, but it's not normal and it shouldn't happen. And people who eat right will experience, um, again, like I said, all of our functioning optimizes when we eat an optimal diet and that includes hormonal functioning. Uh, but a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's a lot easier to, you know, take testosterone than to change what they're eating and have to give up, you know, junky foods that they, they enjoy eating. Um, but, but yeah, for people who want to optimize their hormonal functioning diet, and certainly the, uh, the carnivore diet and a high fat carnivore diet is optimal. And yeah, so I'm going to get blood work done, uh, in the next few weeks. Um, not because I'm worried about anything, but just because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious, um, cause this is also uh, kind of an experiment for me as well, um, to see how, uh, you know, I know how, obviously I know how I function physically and in the gym and strength wise and so forth and how I look, but, um, you know, under the hood, uh, it, it's interesting to, to see how blood work, uh, looks and, and things of that sort. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing that in probably in the next few weeks and, you know, I'll, I'll obviously post all that information, um, online. Um, but I, um, I, if I remember correctly, I think I had some blood work done about a year or so ago. I think my testosterone levels were about in the mid 500s um, or mid 600, something like that. It, it was in the, the normal range. Um, so, so yeah, um, with regards to libido, um, you know, very healthy. Um, and like I said, optimal functioning in all aspects mental, physical, energy level, stress, all, everything is strength, everything gets optimized, including uh, hormonal functioning, including sex drive, et cetera, et cetera. So everything is just on key and functioning well, which is how, how we should be, uh, which is how humans should function, regardless of how old they are. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, what about, supplements i know we, i know you've said this you've said this a few times that uh that when when you're eating an optimal diet the gaps should uh, the gaps quote unquote should be uh should be covered a bit there's no such thing as a, as perfect health with humans so we're perfectly imperfect so what are you doing are you doing anything for supplementation would you recommend it to, to people that isn't that the carnival diet isn't covering their 100 their nutritional needs yeah so my thoughts with regards to supplementation is um I mean, I would recommend supplementation for people who are on a suboptimal or nutrient poor diet. Um, and that's not what I recommend. I recommend eating an optimal diet. Um, yeah. And if, when you're eating optimally, you don't need to supplement. Uh, I don't supplement. I don't take any supplements. Um, and I haven't ever really. And 
yeah, like I said, I don't have any deficiencies. I feel great. Like everything's good. And when we're eating optimally, again, every all of the bases are covered. And you know, I use the animal examples. I won't use the koala bear example this time, but um, <laughs> you know, all, all the animals eat their one or two foods, and they don't no animal supplements, right? No animals like drinking protein shakes or taking multivitamins or you know whatever pills. And every animal who's eating its species appropriate optimal diet is getting 100% of its nutrient needs met from that one, from those one or two foods that it's eating uh, day in, day out. We are no different. Again, we have complicated things and complicated everything. And because um, most of us are eating suboptimal diets, um, there might, you know, that's why people, a good number of people have uh, nutrient deficiencies. So for them, yeah, it might be a good idea to take a multivitamin, maybe to supplement some vitamin D if you're not spending spending time outside. But um, but then again, that's not um, you know you're not going to ensure that you won't have any deficiencies because our body has a lot harder time utilizing absorbing nutrients when they're when they're in their artificial form in a pill or a powder or whatnot. So our body, um, you know, the the nutrients are much not not quite as bioavailable as they are in their natural form uh, in in real foods that naturally contain them. So so yeah, my recommendation to people is to just eat optimal human food, which is fatty red meat, and you will get everything that you need. You don't have to think about taking anything or supplementing anything. Just eat red meat and fat, and you're good. Um, okay, good to go. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on. on on supplementation, but, but I don't think supplements are bad or negative. Um, but they're just, you know, if if you're eating right, they're wasted, they're waste of money. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate, this has been, uh, this has been very fascinating and I'm sure a lot of other people are going to start thinking, start thinking about this way of living, have a crack at it for a month, see how they go. And uh, yeah, very, very cool. The final question. If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 10 seconds of advice, what would it be? Uh, eat a high-fat carnivore diet. <laughs> I, I would have saved myself a lot of health issues, a lot of, you know, yeah, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain both mental and physical. Um, like I said, my twenties, my 30, 30s were not um, a walk in the park in terms of health issues. And uh, and yeah, I could have, to think that I could have avoided all that uh, if I had just eaten differently um, would have been amazing. But, um, you know, it is what it is. You can't fix what happened in the past. Um, yeah. and, and that's part of the reason why, you know, I'm on social media and online and trying to get the message out, uh, even though half the people uh, probably think I'm completely nuts, is because, you know, if I can reach some people who are, uh, well, not only young people, but people who are, you know, younger and help them avoid some of the issues, the health issues that I had to suffer through, um, you know, that'll, you know, uh, that, that, that'd be amazing. So that's, that's kind of why, um, you know, what motivates me is to help other people not have to experience the the stuff that I, uh, that I experienced. Um, so that's probably what, the, like the one thing that I would tell my 18 year old self is, yeah, just eat red meat, nothing else. 
Do you see a book coming through the pipework? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I've thought about it, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, it, yeah. it does take a, a good amount of time, uh, I think. Sure. And yeah, we'll see. You know, If I have time, I might consider writing a book. Um, but, uh, but we'll see. For now, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with getting putting out more short form content and videos and uh, things like that on social media, you know, trying to get the word out uh, because, and, and, and a big, you know, a, a big motivator for me is, is the mental health aspect again, because I, um, you know, I suffered so much um, dealing with anxiety and depression and panic attacks. And so that's, and I, like I said, I was, you know, really in a bad place for, for a number of years and felt hopeless and thought that I would never, you know, that I would always feel, you know, experience anxiety and depression and have panic attacks. I didn't think anything could, could, you know, put a stop to it. So, um, so that's really a big motivator for me is, is, you know, trying to get the word out, let people who are in, you know, that type of situation know that there is, um, you know, there, there are things that can help. And a solution. again, for, yeah, for many people, um, improving our diet is that key factor that's going to make a big difference. And there's no, there are no downsides to it. There are no side effects to eating an optimal diet. There are no, um, you know, the only thing that's, you know, not, not so fun is that you have to give up eating, you know, pizza and donuts and cookies and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I haven't met or seen anyone who has given up all the, the junky foods, uh, clean up their diet and, are feeling and functioning much, much better and would rather go back to feeling like crap and eating junk food. So it just doesn't matter. Like it's, it's well worth it. Everyone who does it uh, agrees that it's well worth it and you don't really miss eating the, the, you know, the junk foods. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big motivator for me is, is trying to get the word out to help, um, you know, at least reach some people who are going through similar, you know, similar health issues, realize that, okay, there, there's, you know, there, there, there can be another factor out there that can help me, that can help, you know, improve my, my symptoms and how I'm functioning. And, uh, yeah. Very cool. Where can people find you? Yeah. So, uh, my handle is uh, primal wellness, uh, on Instagram, on YouTube, um, TikTok. Um, those are the main ones, Twitter also, um, and I have a, a website also primalwellness.me, M-E. Um, so yeah, you can, uh, you can find me on those, those channels. Awesome. Mate, I'm, I'm cheering you on. You're obviously doing something amazing and, uh, yeah, I'll keep following you and seeing all the amazing things that you're putting out. So you got a, you got a big fan on the other side of the world. Well, I really appreciate it, Michael. It was great talking to you. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Really appreciate you listening to the episode. If you had a light bulb moment or that aha moment, it goes such a long way. If you could take 20 seconds and leave a five-star written review screenshot the episode and share it to your stories and make sure you tag me for that shout out.